Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. This episode is brought to you by Tech Reputation. Tech Reputation offers IT business owners a simple and effective way to manage, acquire, and market their positive reviews online. In addition, the online dashboard includes the ability to enter your company details once and have it published automatically to over 60 directory and review sites and keep it updated. For 10% off your setup and monthly subscription, visit techreputation.com slash TSB. That'll also get you a 14-day free trial and a 30-day no-risk money-back guarantee. You can get that all at techreputation.com slash TSB. The show is also brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. All right, guys, on today's episode, we have Ian Alexander, who is from the product Synchro, uh, Kabuto, Repair Shopper, uh, lots of great products that he's involved in. And he's going to join Paco and I today to give you a recap of the IT owner's compass uh, from three different perspectives, the perspective of an organizer, of an attendee, and of a sponsor. So that's going to be a cool uh, wrap up of the event. And then Ian is going to talk a little bit more about uh, the new product that they're working on called Synchro and how that can help you um, uh, get break into the managed services space. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your news feed. Uh, all right, guys. So here we are um, back from a, a very eventful weekend that we had at the IT Owners Compass. That's the event that we've kind of been talking about all year. Uh, and uh, it finally happened. And uh, so basically, this show is going to be uh, a two-part show, a little different format than we've done before. Um, the first part of the show, we're going to recap the IT Owners Compass from a few different perspectives. Uh, all three of us on the call here um, uh, attended uh, the event in different in different ways, so <laughs> we're going to get it, uh, you know, from the perspective of an, of an attendee, of an organizer, and of a sponsor, and see what everyone thought, and and see what kind of what kind of good stuff we can take away from that, uh, and try to tie it all into marketing somehow. <laughs> and uh, with us to, as always, is a uh, my co-host Paco LeBron of Prodigy Techs. And uh, our guest today is Ian Alexander. And later on in the interview, I'll let him tell you where he's from because apparently that's uh, that's been changing. And uh, and so he can kind of recap us on what's been happening in his world. But he is uh, an old friend of the show, and we've had him on uh, a couple of times in the past um, to talk about the various products that he's he's a part of. Um, so we'll keep him around uh, later on in the show to catch us up on on what's going on in his world and how uh, what he's doing can help all of you guys out there. Uh, before we jump into that, though, just want to remind you about the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is the place where you can go to get tips or tricks about uh, marketing. So we always have the latest podcast episode. We also have um, uh, curated articles from around the internet from uh, you know SEO experts and marketing experts and content writing experts and, and all of those gurus that, uh, that are out there. And uh, we curate some of the best content that we feel would help you uh, during, your, um, during your week. And so that comes out once a week and it will, um, it'll help you guys uh, just kind of get a grasp of all the different marketing know-how that's going on out there. We also curate some of the best uh, posts from the Facebook group. Uh, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. And then we end every newsletter with a tip of the week, a uh, kind of motivation to keep you going throughout the week and to maybe help you uh, you know, implement uh, some kind of new marketing 
tip or tactic. So that's what you get in the computer business marketing newsletter. No fluff, just actionable stuff delivered to your inbox once a week. To sign up for that, just go to computerbusinessmarketing.com and fill in your information in the form at uh, the top of the website there. Um, all right. So I think what I'll do to get us kicked off is um, I'll get the ball rolling on uh, kind of a recap of the IT owner's compass. So this was uh, an event that I was co-organizing with Lori Tishnai, uh, uh, who is a um, computer consultant in Chicago. Um, so she was kind of heading up the uh, the on, on the ground logistics of getting this uh, event set up, and her and I had been spending uh, the good a good chunk of the year uh, organizing this and putting it together. And so uh, finally, um, it happened this weekend. So you know, uh, like all kind of um, conferences and networking events that we talk about on the show, um, we always you know we've we've said this before, but you know you should go with an open mind, you should go ready to learn new stuff. Um, you should go, uh, just kind of ready to absorb, uh, and, uh, listen. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what I tried to do. Uh, most of the time, uh, honestly, I was running around, you know, doing stuff, <laughs> just keeping, keeping the wheels on the bus of the, uh, of the event, uh, along with Lori, just making sure everything was running smoothly and making sure the the speakers and the guests, uh, were, were comfortable and were able to figure out where they needed to be when they needed to be. Um, so, uh, I, I was busy doing that, but of course, like all of these events, uh, my favorite part is always kind of just talking with people, you know, in between sessions or in the evenings, um, uh, you know, when, you know, we have a, a alcoholic beverage in hand and uh, just, just seeing how people are doing, you know, see how people's businesses are doing. Um, it, the turnout was really cool. And what I really liked about uh, the attendees of this particular event were all the couples. Um, there were a handful of husband and wife or uh, boyfriend and girlfriend or fiance and fiance uh, couples that are running running the business together. and it, And it's cool to to um, see kind of family businesses. Oh, and we had a father-daughter as well. Um, Bruce Corson uh, has his daughter working for him. Um, so, you know, we've got uh, the Wises, Mike Wise and his wife and Lara. We had um, uh, Nathan Drager and Aaron uh, that are running their business together. And uh, uh, it was just cool to... Um, I just think that's cool to like involve the family and the couples are always like one is the techie and one is more kind of on the admin side or taking care of the back of the house stuff. And, and the other person's, you know, running and doing the calls and, and doing the service calls. Um, and so it was cool to kind of meet uh, like uh, last time at the unconvention, I met one half of a lot of these power couples. And so at the IT owners compass, it was cool to uh, meet the, uh, the other half uh, that keeps the, uh, the, you know, the wheels grinding in the business. So that was kind of cool. I, I like to see that um, people working together. And then a, a, there were a couple other, you know, non couples, but still like people who work together in the same business or um, co-owners or, uh, you know, employees uh, and employer um, kind of deals. Um, we had a father son also. So yeah, so there was multiple um, types of family business uh, setups going on. And, and I just thought that was kind of cool. I, I thought it was interesting to see all the different kinds of pairings that were going on and to see how they can, you know, really build a, a business that, that they both enjoy and that allows them to lead the life that they want to lead. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard when you're running a business and then your partner is working a nine to five because, you know, the, the, the partner that's working the nine to five sometimes doesn't uh, understand or uh, uh, appreciate what what it what it takes to run a business day to day, and vice versa. I mean, when you're when you're running a business that you you love, and you know you're doing what you do on your own time, um, it could be hard to appreciate some of the struggles that a nine to five, you know, driving in traffic, uh, being beholden to a boss, and you know, not having control over a lot of stuff, um, can be frustrating too. So uh, it's nice to have, you know, the, your, your, uh, your part, your life partner there with you in the business as well. Um, and, and I think that that helps, uh, you know, both sides, both business and personal um, work and home. Uh, you, you can, 
balance the work and work and ho- life and home life if your work and home life are connected like that. So that's cool. Um, and I guess, you know, a- another cool thing was talking with people who were at the unconvention last year and seeing, uh, seeing firsthand how, fa- how far they've come since then. Um, and seeing what they've implemented, seeing what worked from last time, hearing about, you know, how they loved coming to the event because it gave them so much uh, energy and motivation and, uh, um, you know, uh, kind of that kick in the butt they need to to just get their head out of the, the day-to-day grind and kind of at a higher level. Because uh, I know, you know, as most of us are business owners, but we started out as technicians and, uh, you know, computer repair people and, uh and we were we're used to being in the tech and and kind of getting our hands dirty, and we can get caught up in that. And it's hard to grow a business when you're caught up in the day to day grind of fixing computers and and talking to clients and stuff. So every now and then, even if you don't go to an event, it's just good to maybe take a long weekend or take a you know take a break for a week and take a step back and think about your business from a, a ten thousand foot level. And that's kind of what this event and last year's event helped folks do. So it's cool to hear their stories of what they implement, implemented from last time and uh, how much their business has grown. I know, uh, for example, a, a specific example is Nathan Drager um, and uh, his fiance. I believe it's his fiance, Aaron, who were there at uh, this weekend's uh, event. Um, and they have been uh, growing their business. They were actually one of the first customers on TechSite Builder. And um, and it's been cool to see how their business has grown. He's uh, started focusing, uh, he hired someone and started focusing on uh, data cabling uh, and network cabling and that kind of thing and built out a cool landing page on his TechSite Builder website, started getting people finding him for that type of service. And then to see, you know, all of the cool projects he's been doing with, you know, big companies around his local area for for those kind of cabling jobs. Um, because, you know, he took some of the advice he learned from last year's event and really, you know, focused in on a particular uh, um, niche of service uh, and really kind of dive deep into one niche. And if you do that, uh, you can really become the expert and the go-to person in that field. And uh, he took that to heart. And that's what I like about Nathan. He's the kind of guy who really listens to advice and then implements it, takes action on it, uh, you know, doesn't try to... to um, you know, get, uh, try to think outside the box with it. He just takes what works, implements it in his own business, and then you can watch his business really grow because of that. And there are uh, quite a few examples of that. And that's kind of, that's kind of the big theme of, of this event and events in general is the people you see going to, uh, business events like this, you know, bi- uh, events that help you grow your business and give you business ideas and help you think outside of the box, entrepreneurship events, um, those type of people are the type of people that you see make leaps and bounds in their business. Because uh, it's one thing to read a book or read a blog post about it. It's another thing to get in a room full of people who are thinking the same way and listening to uh, you know speakers or presenters that are um, you know engaging with you on a on a you know a personal level, and then getting together in restaurants and and bars and hotel rooms and stuff after the fact and just having kind of a a brain dump with each other and really coming together coming up with a plan and it seems like you know of all the listeners of the show who I know and I interact with it's the ones that take the time and make the investment to come to these types of events that I see the kind of the the steepest trajectory um in their business so it's cool to see that firsthand to be to a couple of these events throughout the years and see, you know, the growth of folks through all these different events throughout the years and to see how they're growing and to see how they're putting this stuff uh, and implementing this stuff is uh, been a real treat. So um, that's kind of my takeaway as an organizer. Paco, I'm interested to hear um, what, uh, what you learned at the event and, and maybe some of your, uh, your favorite takeaways from the weekend. Yeah. So I think, as you mentioned with these type of events there is, so I was more of an attendee this year, no workshops, no presentations, no nothing. So I was able to experience it as uh, everyone else. And normally with these type of events, meetups, things like that, you always come together to chat with other like-minded business owners. Right. Um, I think that it can, everyone can say that, you know, everyone comes to at least the feedback that I got, everyone comes to see us. 
the podcasters. Um, so being able to, you know, talk to the listeners, hear their feedback, the appreciation of us on what we do um, was really uh, a great experience. I always love talking to those who who just, you know, I walk up to them to introduce them normally and, you know, hearing that they've listened to you for years and they're appreciative of you even stepping up to them, you know. Um, I think that's a great opportunity to show that there's everyone has a voice and opinion. So for those that have marketing or just want to share their tips, you know, there are avenues for you all to come on these shows to express yourselves. And that's why we got, you know, a few people from the community involved, you know, like Tom Wilmot, Joe Kay, um, and a lot of the new ones that uh, over the weekend that we met as well. So, you know, Cristobal, Rivera, and uh, Rick Smith, you know, so um, it was great seeing them again from last year's uh, event from the Unconvention DC. So just getting together, talking to the guys um, back in person, like you said, having a cold one, really picking their brains on some of the tools and systems that we have, um, especially for those that have um, similar setups being solopreneurs. So that was a great uh, event. Um, Mike McCallowitz being there. Um, I hadn't read The Pumpkin Plan. I only read uh, half uh, or quite a few chapters of The Prophet First. So I've been listening to a lot of his podcasts. So just having him in the room just to have that energy was pretty cool um, altogether. And then um, the peer-to-peer uh, workshops, there were some of those that were really good on just refreshers and some just a little bit of insight for those um, on Sunday. So those are really good uh, pieces that I loved um, and really appreciated that, you know, all of the community was kind of coming together to help others um, learn and kind of move forward from there. Yeah, like um, I, I, I like the, the idea of kind of sitting with your peers and talking about just, hey, what, what, do you, what tool do you use for this and what, what process and system do you use and how do you time together? And you always get a cool little like insight into something you didn't think about. Or um, they might have strengths in processes, and you might have strengths in, you know, uh, sending good emails or something. And you, you know, you compare notes, and uh, and it's almost it's like a mastermind almost. And that's so. It's funny you say that because we were on a boat ride. It was me, Ian. Rick and Cristobal, and we were just chatting on uh, Repair Shopper and Synchro. He's like, man, I wish I could just do this one thing. And me and Ian were like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you just got to go here, here, and here. <laughs> so it was one of those where, you know, and Ian made a great point was, and he could probably share a little bit more, is that, you know, while our vendors just, you know, are so heads down and making sure that they can put out the the best support, the best features out. And sometimes, you know, when small features like this happen, it's a great relief to just be able to say, hey, you know what? Hey, and you get that direct moment with uh, a subscriber to be able to talk to them on that level that they need. Well, speaking of the boat ride and and Ian, um, <laughs> let's go ahead and get your take on the event. You were uh, kind of a last minute um, add on. Uh, you just happened to be in Chicago at the time and you're like, hey, can I come hang out with you guys on the boat ride? And we're like, sure, of course. <laughs> and so you, you, uh, you jumped on there um, for that part of it and you were able to kind of hook up with some folks and, and talk with them. So why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your experience and, and what you uh, learned from the fellow uh, computer business owners? Yeah, it's always super fun going to uh, events like that. I, I think in particular, like going to ChannelCon and going to this, it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit how small the community is. Like I think Tom Wilmot, I don't think I've ever met him in person, but I saw his shirt and it said Wilmot Computer Services on it. And I was like, your name is Tom. And I, I don't like, it's this kind of stuff that like, it's just in my brain. And I, I don't know, like, I, I think he's been a customer of ours. And like, I see him on Facebook or, you know, just around. And it's just kind of crazy to me. I mean, of like all the people that could come, there were a ton of people that I knew either by name or I'd met them before on that boat, which is super fun. And, uh, and different, you know, I talk to people all day, every day, but not usually in person and not usually like over beer or something informal in that way where it's just hanging out. So that's kind of a fun, uh, change of pace. And it's also, I have to admit every time I, we have four products now, we can get into that at some point, but we have four products now. We have TechSuite, Kabuto, Repair Shopper, and Synchro. And I have kind of a 
sweet spot for when people say they use TechSuite because that was like the very first thing that I was involved with. And it was just an idea I had because I was a tech and I was really frustrated with how slow the computer process was. And that was like in 2011. So when I hear people like now say like, oh, I use TechSuite, it like kind of just like, wow, it still surprises me that that actually exists. Um, so I don't know. That's probably, it's been a while. I probably shouldn't feel like that, but I still do. Um, so it's, it's fun um, meeting people that I've talked to on the phone a million times. And um, I got some good feedback. You know, I talked to Paco for a while. Like, what are the top three things that you would change? And I went on Slack and told some of our team members about it. And, um, you know, some of that stuff's probably going to get shipped. So it's a fun, uh, it's a fun thing to do. Very cool. So, um, and the fireworks were cool. Yeah, definitely. So, so coming, coming at it from, uh, you know, a vendor perspective, uh, and I think this can help our listeners as well. Um, you know, cause our listeners might go to an event where their customer hangs out, right? So they're going to be not talking to other IT business owners, but they're going to be talking to their customers or their potential customers. How as a vendor do you approach, uh, attending an event like this? Um, is it, uh, you know, to pick the brains of, of your customers? Is it to ask for feature requests? Is it to, you know, follow up on support tickets? <laughs> I mean, what, what, how do you, how would, how right. would you recommend approaching something like this? Yeah, totally. That's a really good question. Um, I think it really depends what your goal is at that conference. So we've been to conferences where I was very confident we had like no customers there. So everybody is like a potential lead kind of person. And so you're kind of trying to talk to as many people as possible and figure out which ones are good leads. And then you try to talk to those people more and, you know, you might not close that person, like get them to buy your software or, you know, become an MSP customer or whatever it might be at that conference. But, you know, you've developed a relationship and you can follow up. Um, so that's like one mode is going there to try to develop new leads and sell them something. Uh, I think there's another mode, which is a little more like what I was trying to do at ICO Compass, which is um, I don't went into that knowing that we'd have a lot of customers there. And I didn't really feel much of a need to go try to get a new customer. It's a little more like, let me just be a part of the community and like hang out with people and talk about stuff and hear about what they're doing every day. And yeah, if they have some feedback or they have a feature request or that kind of thing, I want to hear that because that's super helpful. That's what I do all day anyway. And doing it on a boat with fireworks and beer is like more fun. So it's like a, another version of that. So yeah, for me, and this is going to depend, you know, each event you go to, they're different. But for me, in that particular conference, I wasn't really there to sell anything. I was just there kind of to hang out and talk to people that I've talked to before, you know? Right. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's that's super valuable. Um, that's almost just as valuable as getting new leads is solidifying that kind of that bond with existing leads. Because sometimes they might have a nagging issue with with the software or with the service that um you know they they tried to to figure it out they couldn't and so that might like have them looking in another direction for a, a different solution but if they're able to talk to you and talk it through with you and say hey I wish you really did this or I wish your service had that um and then you're like oh okay well now that now that I hear you you know articulate it like that um I think that's something we can help you out with um that might you know retain them and then of course they'll be your cheerleaders and and refer people to you moving forward Right. I mean, I will say one thing that's kind of a common thread for me when I go to these things is I'm always trying to identify new problems people have. So whether they're an existing customer or a potential customer or not a customer at all, like I'm trying to understand what they're doing every day and what problems they're having. Because I think like there's a amount of like creative, creative process that you can have when you're in person with that many people and you can talk to all kinds of people and notice the trends. Um, you know, as an example, we were at a Robin Robbins conference in Nashville uh, a couple months ago and people kept coming up to us and talking to us. And we noticed like in the first four hours, five people asked for an Infusionsoft integration. So we built an Infusionsoft integration. Right. And if we hadn't gone to that conference and we hadn't been asking people for feedback, we never would have noticed that trend. And, um, 
I think that kind of thing is really invaluable. Like all, a whole new company can spin out of that. <laughs> like you can get an idea that's like a really little nugget and then you, it turns into like, you know, a whole new thing. So. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's a good takeaway for folks listening as well. You know, if, um, first of all, to get out and go to conferences where your target customer will be hanging out and, uh, and then, you know, talk about And when you strike up a conversation with them, ask them what their pain points are, um, what, uh, what they, you know, what they're frustrated about. And I forget, was it Michael McCallowitz that, uh, that said, um, you know, when you're talking with your, your customers, a good question to ask is not what could I do better, but what is a frustration that you have with IT uh, in general or, you know, computer techs in general? What, you know, what frustrates you about computers in general, IT in general? That way you're, you're framing it as not, you know, what am I doing wrong? Because then they'll tell you, uh, they'll naturally tell you, oh, everything's going great. Um, instead, you say, what just what, what frustrates you about IT or about IT consultants uh, in general. And then that way they can kind of, you know, put it off on someone else and say, well, you know, I hate the way they're always talking in technical jargon or, you know, I hate the way they recommend things that are too expensive for me um, or, you know, stuff like that. And so that that's kind of kind of what you were doing, right? Just going, hanging out, finding out what's frustrating people and and then uh, taking that back and, and making your stuff better as a result. Right. Excellent. So, um so let's go ahead and catch people up with uh, what's been happening in your world. Now, um, selfishly, I'm kind of asking this because I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm out of the computer repair game and the IT business. Uh, you know, I don't own an IT business anymore. Um, so I, I don't keep up a, a lot with um, all of the changes that are happening with the products. So last time we had you on the show, um, you, uh, you know, were running um, a company called uh, Repair Tech. And your latest product was called Kabuto. And uh, that was a cool, uh, that was a cool product. And, and we were talking about what that does. And I know a lot has changed since then. It's been a, a year or two. Um, so why don't like from that point, you catch folks yeah. up on what's been happening? Yeah. So the easiest way to explain it is we, so we launched Repair Tech in 2000, October of 2012. Um, that's when we actually launched it. And at that point, we only had tech suite. And then I think in August of 2015, we released Kabuto, um, which incidentally was like a random feature request from a customer and they wanted it in tech suite. And I was like, that just sounds like a whole new product. Um, so, um, and that happened to be on a phone call, not on at a conference, but the same kind of thing could happen. Um, so, we had that entire time been partnered and had an integration with repair shopper and we really liked working with those folks over there and that relationship was really good and in january of 2017 we ended up merging with them and became one team and uh about a year later in october of 2017 we launched synchro so synchro kind of takes the um the RMM stuff that we had in Kabuto and the PSA stuff in Repair Shopper um, combines those two engines and then adds a bunch of stuff on top. And we've actually, it's evolved a lot even from there. Um, and so Synchro is a, our fourth product. And um, so anyway, now we're one big team that's technically a parent company called Servably, but like nobody refers to that at all it's just like it has to be called something um so we <laughs> right. i guess have three brands uh repair shopper repair tech and synchro now um so it's actually really simple but if you were to ask me like oh who do you work for it's a kind of a complicated answer <laughs> right but we're actually like on a day-to-day -day basis we're one team and we work most people work on like everything um, so it's not like we're kind of like segregated pods or anything. So who, who is synchro for like what, what type of business or business owner is, is it a perfect fit for? Yeah, that's a really good question. So synchro is for any MSP. I'd say the target MSP is one to 20 employees. So, um, you know, we have a lot of one person operations using synchro but we also have larger MSPs using it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Paco, I saw Paco, Paco Switch 
right before ITO Compass. Um, so I talked to him a little bit about that. And so I think it can fit uh, lots of different sizes. But yeah, it's generally for MSPs. We do have people that use Kabuto to kind of go from break fix and get a little bit into the residential managed services market. And then they need something a little more powerful that has like scripting and like a little more powerful reporting and that kind of thing. We've made it super easy. So if you do want to like jump to the next level and start doing managed services for SMBs and that kind of thing, you can easily go and we can migrate you from Kabuto and actually from Repair Shopper and com combine this stuff and you can migrate to Synchro. It's pretty easy. Um, that being said, we're still making Repair Shopper. We're still making Kabuto. We're still making TechSuite. So nobody has to do anything. Um, it's just <laughs> another option for you. Right. I, I like that. Um, I like, you know, companies that have kind of a suite of tools that you can use as your business grows. So, you know, you might right. you know, be starting out as a break fix tech and you're using um, uh, uh, tech <laughs> with all the names. I, I lost the name. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's confusing. Tech, you, you might be using TechSuite or something. Tech suite, you exactly. might be using Repair Shopper. Tech suite and you're like and on the break shopper, fix yeah. side and you become a hybrid. And yeah, I mean, now we've got kind of like no matter where you are on that gradient, we, we have something that you can use to be efficient in your business. It's very cool. So, uh, Paco, you're, uh, you just switched over to Synchro. Um, maybe talk a little bit about why you did that and, and how you're going to be using it in your business. It's a complicated answer. Um, <laughs> okay. So the reason why I switched to Synchro on a principal level, and this is my opinion only, is i just rather give the guys over at Repair Shopper my money than the competitor that I was using before. Um, just because of... We, I personally have worked with all of them at one point or another. They're a great group of guys. They listen to your opinion. And that's in general. It doesn't matter of my, me being a podcaster or just in general. Like even when I first started out, they were always responsive. They always helped out, things like that. Um, <clears throat> the other reason was for to have everything integrated in one. Um, I current, I previously had Repair Shopper and an RMM system that were semi integrated. Um, this allowed me to keep everything all in one system and it allowed me to monitor things a little bit better and the reporting is a lot better, whether it's the reports that they provide or I can export the CSV and create reports of my own, whether it be in Google Data Studio, Power BI or using Domo, um, which is one of the integrations they have as well. So those are kind of the two reasons. And then ultimately cost. Um, it was a very competitive price point to allow me as a solopreneur to not only deploy these for my existing clients and prospects, but also add these and um, these agents as monitoring and not have to worry about the charge. So I can kind of get ahead of certain issues with some of my on-demand clients and really make a case for, hey, look, this is what's going on we really need to replace that piece of hardware or, Hey, this is why you need to get protected because I'm getting a lot of, you know, X that's happening here, things like that. Um, so those are kind of the three reasons on why I switched, um, to be transparent. I actually ended up going back to repair shopper at one point, um, to work on stuff, but all my data was in synchro. So it wasn't happening. So I went back to synchro because of the mere fact of the many updates and improvements that they've done from when they first launched this past November till now have been amazing. Um, it's been quite a few features that I was looking for. They're in there now, which is why now I'm staying put and moving forward with them. Great. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. Uh, good feedback. Um, and Hey, you know, with a company who's uh, one of the uh, founders is willing to jump on a boat and, and have some beers with his customers, uh, I think is, is a uh, is a cool company in my book. Um, so I'm going to quickly. Um, I almost I don't want to forget this, so I'm going to mention our sponsor, and then when I come back, I'll let you guys uh, think about this before I, I do that. Uh, when I come back, I want to ask both of you uh, to wrap things up. What your thoughts are on? Um, how to market uh, the services that Synchro will allow you to um, to provide to your customers. Um, so we can kind of tie this up in a bow 
for the Computer Business Marketing Show and get your thoughts on that. Um, so while you think about that, I'm going to mention our sponsor. That is um, Tech Reputation. So Tech Reputation has been an awesome uh, sponsor for us uh, for a while now. And, um, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you really, uh, you know what it's all about. Um, but uh, let me remind you, since, uh, uh, you know, I think it's really important. I think um, as far as marketing your computer business, there are a few, your IT business, there are a few key, uh, key factors, key steps in the process. Um, the first step is uh, getting the word out there to new customers. The second step is making your customers that, that, are, that are onboarded uh, to your business as happy as possible, giving them an awesome experience and, um, and making that cohesive with your entire brand. Uh, and, uh, and that's part of marketing as well. And then the final step is once the, the service is complete, then um, you, you have that customer continue to work for you in the form of reviews, testimonials, uh, referrals, um, and then, of course, coming back to you time after time again. Um, and marketing can help with all of this, and tech reputation can really help with all of this as well. So the first uh, part, and that is getting people to learn about you. Uh, tech reputation can do that through its uh, citation manager. Um, what that means is it's going to look uh, at your citations throughout the internet. And a citation is basically your business name and your address and your phone number, wherever it's listed on the internet. You'd be surprised the different places that your business information is listed on the internet. Um, it, you know, dis different business directories, local business directories. Um, there's a lot of kind of search engines or, or, or wannabe search engines or search directories that crawl the other search directories and just pull information and put them on there. So you can end up having your information in lots of different places, not to mention social media sites, not to mention review sites, not to mention you know, maybe some of your vendor sites. So you want to make sure that all of that information is correct because that's going to help your overall SEO for your, your website. If Google sees your business name is a little bit different in different places or your, your address is different in different places, it's going to not see you as a reputable authority. Um, and it's, it's going to, uh, affect your rankings. So a citation review, a citation audit can help you look at all of your citations and then allow you to fix them and update them so that they're all going to be accurate and looking the same. Um, also another thing that tech reputation does is it allows you to display your reviews on your website. So once someone does find your website and they're, you know, they're doing their research or they're looking to see if, if you're the right fit for them, they can, uh, right away see a list of reviews that are coming in from all the different review sites. So it's not just, you know, a testimonials page is great, but sometimes people think, well, you know, maybe they're making up those testimonials or they're just, uh, you know, going to their, their favorite clients and putting those testimonials up. Whereas if it's just a feed of your reviews, you know, there's no hiding. It's, 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 you know, the, the feed from, from Facebook, the feed from Google, the feed from Yelp, and it, it's all aggregated in a list of reviews. And uh, that way you can, you don't have to worry about keeping it updated. You can have all of your reviews there. Um, so then we get to the part of the process where you're done with service and you want the customer to, uh, you know, have a great experience and then share the great experience they had. And that's really where tech reputation shines. They, uh, they, sit between you and the customer and send out an email after the service. Um, there is a repair shopper integration, by the way. So uh, tying that all into everything we're talking about today. Uh, and basically, once the service is done, it fires off an email saying, hey, what did you think about the service? And then uh, if they had a great experience, then it sends them off to leave a review somewhere. If they had a not so good experience, it sends them back to you so you can help make it a good experience. And then they don't end up leaving a nasty review before you've had a chance to uh, make it right. So um, that's kind of what Tech Reputation, that's the, the core of what Tech Reputation does. And then um, uh, then you can uh, take that review and use it uh, on your website. And, and you can use Tech Reputation's dashboard to see uh, a 10,000 foot view of all of the reviews that you've received from all over the internet. Um, and so that's kind of the, the one, two, three punch that Tech Reputation gives you. You can try Tech Reputation uh, now for 10% off, not only your setup fee, but also your monthly fee. You can get 10% 10 off all of that by visiting techreputation.com slash TSB. 
Uh, and on that page, it'll tell you how to take advantage of that 10% discount. That's on top of a 14-day free trial and a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there's really no risk to try out Tech Reputation and see how they can help you um, improve all of the different aspects of your computer business reputation online. All righty. And that, again, that's techreputation.com slash TSB. All right, guys. So to wrap up the show, I just wanted to get um, your thoughts on, you know, um, say someone is, you know, doing break fix or dabbling in a little bit of MSP type stuff and they're getting ready to ramp it up. They want to start, you know, taking on small business clients. Um, They want to grab Synchro to help them do that. Um, What are some of your thoughts around kind of getting the word out and marketing those types of services? Okay. I will say this has nothing to do with Synchro. It doesn't matter what tool you use. This is going to apply. The way that I have thought about this in the past and currently is the first thing I do is I do an analysis on my existing customers. Or it could be on the customers that you want to get, but I'm assuming the ones you have are the ones you want to get. So first, I want to figure out how much money I'm going to get from a new customer. So what is their lifetime value? So if I have a managed service client and they pay me $100 a month, then in a year, they're going to pay me $1,200. So maybe I use that amount, $1,200, right? Annual contract value. And then I'm going to, my goal is to figure out how much I'm willing to pay to obtain that $1,200. So for me, that's usually 30% or less because there's some hidden costs in there. You you have to pay a tech to do tech support and you have to, I don't know, credit card processing fees. There's all, all kinds of hidden costs there. So for me, it's like, I'm willing to pay probably up to 30%. So $1,200 is my annual contract value. I'm probably willing to pay like $400 to get $1,200. And then working backwards, then I'm going to go look at all the channels I could possibly market to. And I'm going to say, okay, which of these can I get a customer from for under $400? And if I can do that, like in an experiment, like on the first time, that's probably like a pretty solid channel for me. And then I can optimize from there. So like, let's say the first time you get $400 by going to a conference. And, um, you know, next time you might be able to get twice as many clients because you kind of know how that conference works. So maybe you spend the same amount of money to go to the conference, but you get two clients instead of one. Now you're spending $200 to get $1,200. So um, that's the way that I think about it as far as like which like channel to do your marketing in. There's a really good book. I just put it in the zoom chat that you can share it with people after it's called traction. Um, and it kind of just goes into all the major different channels you could market to. And then it has one chapter on each and talks about kind of some best practices and some, some like stories from real like case studies of people doing marketing in those channels. So for example, there's like a chapter on conferences and like how to think about going to a conference and what your costs are going to be and all that stuff. And there's a separate one on Google AdWords. So you can kind of go through that book. It, even if you don't read the book, like just literally looking at the table of contents and be like, okay, here's all my options. Um, and then picking a couple and doing some experiments. Um, the last thing I would say is that you have to be willing to spend money and lose it to do these experiments. Like you're never going to find out if that, if X channel works, if you don't spend some money. So my general, um, like rule of thumb on that is like, we talked about the 30%. I want to spend at least like three times that amount of money before I'm going to call it quits. So if I'm willing to spend $200 to get a customer, I want to spend at least $600. And if I still haven't gotten a customer, then it's probably not a fluke. Like that channel is probably not going to work. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Right. Yeah. I like, I like the kind of the analytical approach, right? Because uh, that's a, a stumbling block of a lot of people that prevents them from taking the next step with marketing is they're not sure when to to judge what an ROI is when an ROI is coming back, when the money they're spending is is worth what they're getting back. And to to do that kind of thought process beforehand of what's, you know, the value of my customer, um, you know, on average, how long does a customer stay with me? And if I charge this much a month and and 
you know, extrapolate that out to a year or so, um, and then work backwards from there. Thirty percent, spend that money, um, uh, and and really, you know, invest in a single channel instead of throwing the money everywhere, and then really um, spending the time to optimize and and figure it out uh, is a great approach. Um, Paco, what are your thoughts? Uh, so yeah, so as far as marketing the services, I think we've all kind of chatted a little bit about this as well. And I think if I remember correctly, RepairTech released a PDF about a year ago or two about how to market to the residential managed services, right, Ian? Yeah, there's a bunch of, if you go on RepairTechSolutions.com, there's actually a bunch of like pamphlets and stuff. Um, there's one of them that's a Word doc and you can just edit it and put your own branding in and stuff like that. It's like a sales pamphlet you can pass out. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that's already been pre-built for you and you can kind of still use the same similar parts of that. Um, I will make my suggestions on the operation side. I think the way that you market the services is similar to what has been mentioned. You have your three tiers. I think you're having your three good, better, best um, offers will always sell better than just having two. Um, Everyone will always go with the middle uh, option. Uh, Some will always go for the Cadillacs of uh, of those options. And you want to make sure you work out those settings or those uh, offerings to your favor and also making a little bit of money that's going to make it easier for you. And specifically with Synchro, you want to take advantage of all the integrations that you have available to you, which is why I switched. So, you know, I have things going from Drift, my live chat, emailing out to the email that's goes into uh, into Synchro. Synchro then creates a web chat link for me in uh, Slack because that's where I live, communicating with my contractors and all my people from there, uh, communicating out back into the system and being able to even utilize some deployment features as well. So being able to, like I said before, putting some of those agents in just monitor mode and not doing anything will help upsell some of those services that you have and upselling to an existing customer will always be easier than trying to get a cold lead and making money that way. Um, when I first uh, started getting real serious, I started focusing on my existing customers to kind of bring in some good cash flow that way. And how I have it set up right now with my synchro setup is um, my on-demand customers pay an hourly rate and then they qualify, what I say qualify, um, for a our protection plan is what we're labeling it. And for $9.99 a month, they'll get monitoring, patching, and uh, uh, web filtering. So, And then the next tier, which is our retainer block, which is a little bit of a discounted hourly rate. So instead of $175 an hour that we charge here, we do $150 an hour, pre-purchase 10 hours, pre-purchase 10 hours, as long as you continue to become a retainer client, you can get the protection plan at half price, which is five bucks an endpoint. And I'm still not losing money doing it through Synchro because of the costs that I have kind of worked in on that route. And then if I do the managed services, which I charge on a unit basis. So if it's less than 10, um, it's 79 bucks uh, per machine, per person, all in, including 100 gigabytes of backup. If it goes over 11 to 20, goes down to 69, 21 to and over comes to 49 um, per machine. Uh, and that's kind of how we've been doing it so far just to get that going. And we do it month to month just to give them a little bit more ease of mind. And that's kind of how we've marketed that. And more times than not, people usually buy the retainer block. So it's an influx of cash flow coming in that way. Plus you get the monthly accrual from the protection plan. And you're still making money on top of um, what you have there, at least for what I have set up in my synchro setup. Yeah, that's great. So to really get um, you know uh, creative with the different pricing tiers and give folks options and you know give them the option. I like to have. Uh, I've heard this talked about before. I like to have a super high end, super expensive, high tier um, if in a tiered uh, setup. And you know, th- most of the time you're not expecting people to buy that, but. Hey, if someone wants to, you know, buy unlimited, you know, support, unlimited this, unlimited that, um, on your highest tier, and they're willing to pay the money, you have it priced so that you'll be able to to afford it. Um, make it make it an option. Make it, you know, 
an option for people to be able to pay you lots of money if they want, if they want to. And then of course you have the more affordable options and they look even more affordable next to that higher tier option. Um, and uh, talking about some of the other uh, pricing strategies that you mentioned um, is, is a good way to wrap this up. So uh, awesome. Thanks Ian for uh, hanging with us. Uh, not only this weekend on the boat, but also uh, on the uh, podcast today. Um, where can people find out more about Synchro? SynchroMSP.com, or if they want to find out about Repair Shopper, it's RepairShopper.com, or RepairTechSolutions.com. The same okay. people, so right. you can send an email to any of them. <laughs> and we'll uh, have links to all of those uh, in the show notes as well. So, uh, Ian, we'll catch up with you later. Um, have a good road trip wherever you might be headed next. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Leave a comment in the show notes if uh, you like what you heard, if you have any uh, feedback for us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you uh, in the show notes page as well. Don't forget to join the Facebook group, Computer Business Marketing, uh, the Computer Business Marketing group uh, on Facebook. You can go to techsitebuilder.com slash group to get into it or just search for computer business marketing in Facebook. And we'd love to have you over there. Finally, um, if you are listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we'd love for you to leave us a review. All the reviews that you leave us um, not only help boost our ego, <laughs> but they help us get found by other um, other listeners. They help us bump up the ranks, whatever you want to call it. It's just like tech reputation, right? Uh, The more reviews we get, the better the podcast looks and the more uh, listeners we'll get. And uh, the more listeners we get, the better sponsors and guests we'll get. And then it's just a win-win for everybody. Um, I'm kind of uh, delaying a little bit because I just want to check to see if we did get any new reviews that I can uh, give a shout out to. And it looks like we haven't. So come on, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcasting app and let us know what you think of the show. Um, And finally, a quick shout out again to our sponsor, techreputation.com and mentioned very briefly, but you guys all know the other sponsor is techsitebuilder.com. Thanks again for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm -hmm.